It's Randalicious. Welcome to the SEO Rant. I am your host for the overview. You might know me better as Wix's head of SEO brand new. I'll remind you this podcast has nothing to do with that. Just pure unofficial magic and morning mania for official-ish morning magic. And on the mania side, check out Wix's SEO podcast. Serps up over at Wix.com slash SEO slash podcast. It's my podcast. I'll pitch whatever I want. Where can you find the SEO Rant? You found it, congratulations, but it's also on Twitter at SEO Rant, on the SEO Rant.com, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever you do, the podcast thing, we're there. It's uh, 98.7 FM on your radio dial. That's not true, by the way. I If, if, if it is somewhere, and it's like, that'd be an amazing coincidence. Uh, when does the SEO Rant come out? I don't know. Legit. Usually now on Fridays, not every Friday, not every other Friday, like, I don't know, sometimes every Friday, who knows? So subscribe so you automatically get notified so that you can see when I finally got around to releasing a podcast. Anyway, my inadequacies aside, for your listening pleasure today, she is the director or the, I'm sorry, for your listening pleasure today, she is the content strategy director at one of my favorite SEO agencies, Rickety Roo, which is just a great name for anything. She is the one, she is the only, and I can't believe it's the first time having her on this podcast, Melissa Pop. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. What's I, First off, it's pathetic. This is the first time we're having an actual conversation. I know, I know. I it, it, it amazes me sometimes how many people I haven't connected with face-to-face over Zoom over the years, and um, I'm excited to be here and talk about content and all the things we do good and all the things we do bad in our industry. Yeah, and and you're at Rickety Roo, and there's so many cool people at Rickety Roo. There's Blake, oh, there's Celeste, Amanda, there's, Celeste, Kim, there's yeah. Amanda, and I feel oh. I'm missing like five other people that I know who work at Rickety Roo. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, we, we have grown so much in the last year and a half, and I am constantly amazed and blessed to be surrounded by so many smart people that just make me smarter. I learn from every day blow my mind um, with how they look at local SEO and content. Like I'm just, I'm so lucky to be surrounded by so many smart people. Yeah. Super cool. That's amazing. On that note, today we're talking about something. We, this catch, came from Twitter X or whatever you want the hell you want to call it. I'm just calling it Twitter. Screw that shit. Um, yeah, me too. yeah. We were talking, there was an article from search engine journal where they were talking yeah. about something that John Mueller was covering about discovered and not indexed. And, you're like, hey, or oh, it was Celeste popped into the Twitter thread conversation. Like, oh, Melissa talks about this. And they're like, yeah, let's have it on the podcast. I'm like, yeah, let's do it on the podcast. So here it is. Discovered, but not indexed. Is it a clue to content quality? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, our default answer to everything in SEO and content. It depends. It depends. And, you know, and, and I agree with that. You know, every website, every situation is different, you know, depending on how, how many SEO agencies people have been through, how much content they've created, you know, there's no one size fits all to what we do. But I, I, one of the first things that I look at when a new client comes on board is their page indexing report. And I want to take a look at what has been crawled and not indexed and what's been discovered, not indexed. Cause I firmly believe in my years of experience that this is an indication of site quality combined with the other things going on with the content on the website. So it's one of the first things I do. And one of the, the really cool things I do at Ricky Dero as content strategy director, when our clients come on board is what we call our, a content teardown. Nice. So I take a couple hours, read through a client's website, look at all the blogs they've done, 
their their UI, everything. Like I want to I want to get a big picture of what the content quality is without necessarily diving straight into analytics. Like I just want to get what are we writing about? Is, is it good writing? Is it you know? And and then I move. You know, this is a I can get kind of mean during this. Um, I I do not BS people. I, I'm a very straight shooter. So sometimes we don't send these reports to clients. They're internal. Yeah. And it's not meant to be mean, but it's meant to be realistic. What is the foundation of content that we're working with? Because more often than not in our industry, how do we write content? It starts with keywords, whether short tail, long tail, and we build something around that and then we move into more. But usually what happens is we just keep writing stuff around keywords and over time, you know, it's it's thin. It's duplicate. How much more can you say about the same short tail keyword in yes. um, something like a home services niche over and over again? So, you know, as I'm doing this teardown, eventually I move into looking at the page indexing report. And like I said, first thing I go to is discovered what's going on here. Why are things not indexed? What is not being indexed? Because that's another thing is like a lot of people will look at these reports, both the crawled and discovered not indexed and say, Oh, well, it's just category and tag pages. That's not a big deal. That's normal. And I'm like, you know, those pages in Google's eyes, they don't want to index it. So overall, that could indicate there's a site-wide quality issue as well at play that eventually as you create new content won't get indexed because of these other pages not being indexed. And I think that's something that we very much overlook. You know, a lot of people, you know, not to dismiss crawl budget and anything on the technical side, these are very important aspects of what we do. But with the Google Helpful Content Update, we're seeing more core updates. We're seeing more fluctuations, you know, lately. Barry's been talking about them almost oh, every week that we're seeing. Yeah, recording this uh, August 22nd, I had a look. <laughs> and and yeah. the entire month has been just in the yeah, red. Nothing the official. Nothing right. official. Oh, I can tell you from like looking at the rankings. But, like, oh, bonkers. Me too. Oh, me too. You know, I, you know, I, I'm looking at these things every day and I see them and, you know, I don't, I don't, I love Google to death. I love John Mueller to death. You know, he shares so much information much more candidly than a lot of people probably could or should with right. us. Very appreciative of that. But do I trust Google? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, but, but we, none of us should. Google is going to always act in their best interest. And so to me, though, looking at that report gives me better insight into what Google's crawlers think should be indexed. And when you now look at the Google Helpful Content Update and how this affects site-wide and not page by page, coupled with looking at these indexing reports, very important to kind of go through, look at these URLs, what type of content isn't being indexed, and then starting to look at what you're planning to do in the future. Working at Rickety Roo, doing local SEO for clients, one of the things we do, as all local SEO agencies do, is build out location landing pages. And I have seen examples of our own clients and other clients who've won into the issue that they may have a lot of pages that we would dismiss in these page indexing reports. But then we go to build out, you know, five to seven location landing pages over a six-month period of time, and they're taking longer and longer to index, despite being unique content, localized content, optimized, internally linked, you know, check all the boxes on best practices. And I'm starting to see that it's taking longer and longer. And, you know, fetching, you know, you, fetching in Google Search Console used to be our easy peasy way to get indexed, you know, right. 
six years ago, you tossed a URL in there 30 seconds later, oh. boom, live. You know, to me, fetch now, I still do it as habit, but you know, I don't see those types of results anymore, whether it's good content on a website or something Google might deem mediocre. And so, you know, looking at these reports, understanding why these pages aren't being indexed, correcting even things like category and tag pages, feed pages, those sorts of things, you know, I think contributes overall to improving your site quality, which will help avoid those issues when you actually need a blog post or a landing page. Um, but yeah, we kind of just, I feel like a lot in the industry, we just kind of shrug now at these reports and we don't dive into the big picture of it when everything Google tells us now, um, like the Google helpful update, I was like, yes, finally, this is what y'all should have been doing all along. Where is right. the, where was this years ago? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy by the way, because in the official documentation or guidance on that, they said it's a site-wide metric. So the whole like yeah. myth of. Google only indexes, only ranks pages, not websites. As if no one has ever looked at an algorithm update impacting the entire domain before. It's like, oh, I guess that myth is gone. But I'm going to read from what John answered. It's the article from a search engine journal. I just lost the quote, but it's um back in July. It's uh, Google on fixing discovered currently not indexed by Roger Monte. We'll link to it in the show notes. And now I got to scroll up to the quote from John. Um, I think the, the the initial issue was not to go back and look at it, but they wanted to delete a bunch of like millions of pages on the website to improve Discover But Not Index. And John wrote, um, if that would be a tool or not, it's impossible to say. I'd recommend reviewing the large site's guide to crawl budget in our documentation. For large sites, sometimes crawling more, more is limited to how your website can handle more crawling. In most cases, though, it's more about overall website quality, which just makes first of it's what you're saying, but it makes a ton of sense. If Google looks at the website overall and says, you know what? Nah, why would they don't have unlimited resources? Why would they be so eager to go ahead and start crawling and indexing the content? So even if they do find it, why would they want that's only one part of the resource game? Storing the thing infinitely in its servers is another part of the resource game. Why would they want to? What incentive? And it's almost to me is very similar to the uh, since by the way. I just want to point out what you said before about not to go out and, and ignore technical SEO. I love as a fellow content SEO, how we have to say that. Otherwise the technical SEOs get all upset. We yes, don't have yes. to apologize, right? No. A lot of it is just content. So sorry, tech SEOs, eat my shorts, <laughs> but we love you, but also eat my shorts. Um, this goes back to something that's very similar to, in my mind, to um, low, low or zero search volume keywords. Like, why do you need that page? Let's assume for a minute the tool is 100% accurate, which it's not. There's no actual keywords or searches around this keyword. But it does help you build up a repertoire of content that helps the pages that you do want to bring, rank for, that do bring in traffic, gain authority, gain relevancy, and get Google to understand, hey, your website is about X, Y, and Z. So we should rank you for X, Y, and Z. It's all one story. Content is all one story. And I feel like it's the same thing on the crawling and indexing side. Like you're saying that... If a bunch of the pages are in quality, but like, yeah, no big deal, whatever pages, it's going to affect, why wouldn't it? Google doesn't understand all the time that this is a, eh, whatever page for you. It might think that, well, it's just a page. because It's a bot. And it might say, well, there's 20 of these pages and a bunch of them are a bunch of crap. I don't know if you care, don't care, but they're all pages to us. And why are we indexed to the other 20 pages? Because these 20 pages are crap. 
Exactly. And Google always, you know, if we go back to their primary goal, okay, despite making lots of money, which is more what their primary, primary goal, goal is now, yeah. but their original goal was to serve the best answer to anybody's search query on their search engine. That has always been one of the core principles from when Google was founded. You know, I'm not going to get into the arguments and the politics around how that's changed. Of course, it's changed. Um, and, you know, the, the health continent update, I keep bringing that up. But I mean, you know, that confirms, you know, that that original stance of we want to provide the best possible answer to the best possible query, no matter how much search volume it has. And so, you know, when, like you said, though, with these bots, they are just robots. They're programmed to go and complete a function, and there's only limited input that they can take from a page, which is why we we do on-page, why we do internal linking, why we, we clean up technical SEO to make it easier for these bots to, quote unquote, read these pages. But it's still not a human looking at it and actually being able to differentiate between X and Y. And so at the end of the day, if you, if you, you know, I'll, I'll go back to local SEO and, and location page example, you know, how many of us have gone to a local website and seen 50 location pages with the same exact content, but only the city changed out, right? I've never so seen that before, really? I know, right? Isn't it shocking oh, that any That's weird. Who would do that? Oh, I don't believe you. Any- <laughs> oh, the stories I could tell you. Um, ask Amanda one day. <laughs> um, sometimes I think I should do live reaction TikToks to things <laughs> I find on websites because, um, yeah, sometimes I'm just ready to throw my hat in. But that's oh, why man, I do what I do. But to go back to those examples, you know, when you see something like that, Google starts crawling this and has no idea necessarily if the on-page isn't set, what the heck these pages are or why they're different. And then you're going to see things like, oh, yeah, we found this, but why would we index it? It's the same damn thing on every page. And then your client is like, whoa, wait a minute. What do you, wait, we're not getting any traffic. Why aren't these pages ranking? And it's like, well, the pages suck. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> they suck. And, you know, Google can sense that suck too. And to me, <laughs> that's what these reports have gone are. Off. This sucks. Heavily yeah, sucks. Yeah, this bot's like, I'm done with my job. I'm gone. Next. And then gets oh disappointed at that same page. <laughs> they find the I, same page again. I could ask you, okay, so what do you do when you have the situation? But I'd rather fetch a little bit more. And, and well, not fetch. I, I think... A lot of these things that are happening, and by the way, I noticed very something very, very similar. I can't, I'm like terrible with like timelines. Maybe it was like a year or two years ago. It really became very clear that there's something different happening with the indexing, that it's all of a sudden way harder to A, get indexed and then stay in the index thereafter. And I don't remember exactly when it was, but it felt, I remember there's a bunch of articles about this at the time, like people talking about it. Maybe Dan Taylor wrote an article somewhere about this. I remember covering it at one point. But it's why, by the way, parenthetically, if you're listening to this, it makes sense to like stay up on the SEO news because SEOs will kind of like talk about it and Barry will cover it. Um, however, I do kind of feel like all of these things together in aggregate, whether it's the indexing getting harder, whether it's the fact that like, you know, I hate to talk about it, but AI is coming and content's getting watered down. It's coming very similar. You need to differentiate yourself. I saw an article on SE Roundtable last week that uh, John Mueller says that if you use AI to write content, all the content might start sounding the same across the web kind of thing. I'm like, wow, that's painfully obvious. Um, thank you, 
John, literally, thank you, John, for saying that because sometimes it takes somebody like John to say it for people to be like, really? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, which is just pathetic. However, all these things kind of coming together, I kind of hope are going to get people to start saying, you know what? Maybe we should be a little bit more differentiated in our content. I saw right before I jumped on this call, a tweet from Patrick Sox over in Ahrefs by SEOs like love writing title tags, like how to, yep. ultimate, best of. But can we get a little more creative? And I kind of feel like there's a, a million small little things happening all at the same time. For example, that I think people, this is my own branding take, are looking for more conversational content. So like, um, I don't know. You write a landing page and you write the ultimate guide or the ultimate insights, access them now, is going to sound like a used car commercial at a certain point. And people want something a little more conversational. And then now imagine you're trying to optimize a landing page, trying to be more conversational. You can't just stuff in the keyword the same way. Yeah, right? no, it exactly. doesn't work. So I yeah. feel like there's a bunch of things happening in the ecosystem that are going to make us not do that anymore. Maybe. If I'm being hopeful. I that's my big sigh right there. So <laughs> I I've been I've been doing content marketing for almost 20 years now, not to date myself. I, I am getting to be a bit of a, a content marketing dinosaur. But you know, I remember when, when I remember when. Yeah, I remember when, you know, the only content you had to write was more keywords than your competition. And I agree with your assessment that, you know, I think there is something shifting, you know, there's always going to be things behind the scenes with Google's algorithm that as smart as we are as SEOs, we are never going to be able to figure out um, exactly what they're doing, how they're tweaking and how to adjust it until it's too late. And, you know, it's nice that they're getting, you know, um, um, putting more forethought into warning us about core updates and those sorts of things. But, uh, but frankly, this industry has always produced crappy content. Yep. I'm sorry to lump all of you listening to this into this. I know it's not all of you. And I know a lot of no, us are fighting. Most of you. But, you know, let's Five be ways to write crappy content. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, I mean, I could write that one. I'll just have, I'll have chat GPT write that one for us. But, you know, we still see the same old tactics across content ever. And it's funny because, you know, I saw Patrick's tweet and I was laughing because I was like, I guarantee you any industry you work in, take one of your clients go do keyword research, long tail keyword research, and you're going to come up with a topic for every single one of the titles he called out because Correct. it is lazy. It is boring, but it's what we think we need to do because our content efforts are focused on keywords. Correct. And this yes. industry- and we're all we, guilty of it. Yeah, we're all guilty. I mean, I am oh, too. Trust I, me. I, I, I include myself totally yeah, guilty. No. I'm not going to lie and tell you that all of Ricky DeRue's clients write the best, most non-SEO'd content. Oh, no, I'm not, no, because no. it's the worst. We With know that, it works. But we work on the Wix SEO hub on the Wix side. I'm like, George is like very like, let's not SEO the crap. I'm like, add more keywords. Yeah, it's a balance. It's a it's a balance, you know, and it because we know it works. We know we have to optimize. Right, that's the problem. It it still kind of works sometimes. Yeah, and unless you're a big brand and have a lot of brand equity across the whole web, not just our little space of SEO, but we're talking social, email, everything, you are never going to have the authority to be able to go after some of these zero volume keywords these long tail keywords that will show that you have the expertise, experience, and authority that Google wants, 
you're never going to be able to compete on that way, especially when you look at local local SEO specifically. You know, it's you're not you're never going to compete with these big brands who own all of this knowledge because they're just on. You're never going to catch up. So I get why it happens, but really, I think that we need to, as we see more with the helpful content update come out, more algorithm and core ch- changes. We need to start being mindful and moving from an SEO content mindset to a content mindset. Yes. And, yes. and that's my, my biggest pet peeve. Anybody at Rickety Rear will tell you, <laughs> I hate the term SEO content. Yeah. It, it is single handedly destroyed our ability to create meaningful content for our clients. And I, I don't, I'm not mad at anybody who says the term or uses it. I get it. I create no. SEO content. I'm not trying to be a hypocrite here. But I think that we need to start looking at what content quality really needs to be as it continues to improve. And let me tell you, I'm going to throw, this is my hot take today. Okay. Not a surprise. Well, there's been any hot takes today, not, but it, that's why. It applies to everything. Yeah. It does not just apply to your money, your life. Yes. It's it easy to understand it. You to understand it the most with examples from your money, your life. And I know Google, all your documentation says it's your money, your life. But having done this for so many years, I know it applies to everything. And I it's and, just and good content. Day, yeah, it's, that, it's and that's the thing. and that's that's what we've lost as SEOs. That's the point. Like like eat. Of course, you should be showing. I, dis- I disagree, though. Do you? I don't think we. I don't think we lost it. I think we never had it. <laughs> well, that's well. I'm going to choose to be a little bit kinder. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, I, I can see that too. Like, you know, it, and I get why. Again, like, you know, it, everything we do is a balance. We're fighting Google. We're fighting the big entity Google. Our clients have limited budgets. Our clients don't understand what we do. You know, to them, it's a it is absolutely quantity over quality. We fight these battles as SEOs and content marketers every day. But I think we need to start leading that charge. We see the writing on the wall. There is going to be a point where I think 60 to 70%, and that's actually probably being generous because it's probably close to like 90% of content on Google and everybody else's search engines, not just Google, is crap and is going to lose rankings, lose visibility, be de-indexed over the next couple of years, especially once Google figures out how to integrate AI better into their algorithm. We're all worried about search generative experience. We need to be worried about what happens when Google figures out because we're all searching in it and checking it out. They're using that to train their algorithm. Yeah, 100%. And when that algorithm finally gets smart enough, yeah, it gets smart enough to figure out how to read content and distill content, we are all screwed. (laughs) I think I just found the audiogram for this episode. (laughs) <laughs> we are all screwed. <laughs> We're all screwed. We're right oh, there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I am guilty. We're all guilty. I'm being tongue in cheek, you know, calling people out. Like yeah, we, we do are. this. We've all we all do this. And it, yeah, it is do it every day. Your balance. And I hope it changes. I think it is slowly changing. And we'll see. By the way, quick plug. We actually talked about this. Should SEOs adopt a content marketing mindset over the Wix SEO? Um, podcast serps up so check that episode out i'll link to it in the in the show notes um melissa where can people find you oh i live on twitter until the ship goes down everybody you can find me at twitter at pop-up writer um and that pretty much is where i live 
It's not going down, by the way. I have a hot take on that. He's nuts. He's unstable. I get it. The platform's not going anywhere. Everybody's got too many followers and too much engagement. Like, let's be real. No, no. He'll he'll eventually go buy something else, get bored with Twitter, and we'll all be fine. Mars or something or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not. I I don't think it'll go away at all. I I think it's, I think there's still going to be a lot of dumb changes that are made. Yeah, Um, I know. That's good. Everything this guy does. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Yeah. There's too much value put in it. No, it's a good, it is a good platform. Let's just be like, you know, broader, bigger picture. Anyway, thank you, Melissa, for coming by. Say hi to all the rickety roo folks for us or for me. I will. We love you, Marty. Thanks for all that you do. Oh, no. Um, um, I'm just doing outro. Right. Uh, The SEO rant. This is what you're listening to. I'm a great host. You can find it at the SEO Ranch. Subscribe. Do all that stuff. Like it. Tell your friends. Tell your parents. Tell your kids. Um, listen to the podcast. Anyway, uh, dear audience, thank you. And Melissa, again, thank you very much for coming on. And everybody else, doodles. Doodles. Yeah.